Thank you, men. Let's turn to the book of Acts tonight, Acts chapter number 5. Acts chapter number 5 in our Bibles, and we look forward to uh, what God has for us this evening and look forward to a good week serving the Lord as we get into the uh, last few months of the year. And certainly God has been good to us this year, and I'm excited to, to see what God does for us in the remaining months as we uh, work towards the close of the year. So let's stay faithful, stay plugged into what God is doing, the opportunity we have to serve. And tonight is, is going to be a very practical message to remind us uh, of uh, the importance of the church, remind us of our role in the church, uh, remind us of what the uh, impact the church has on the world around us. And as uh, we have set our theme for the year, a double portion, we're asking God for a double portion uh, of his power, a double portion of his blessings, of course. And uh, But then with the Great Commission, the emphasis we've had on the Great Commission and a new soul winners and reaching new people and seeing them grow. And I want to encourage you to stay uh, in, uh, plugged in with that. And you can see it at work in our church, uh, whether you're winning somebody, able to win somebody to Christ or helping a new convert grow, uh, helping a new member uh, find their way around and learn whose seat not to take and learn uh, what you can do and all that sort of thing. And so uh, all of that plays an important role. And so I want to encourage you to stay uh, involved in that. And then I want us to be reminded of the impact that a church can have on the world around us. Let's look at Acts chapter number 5. I'm going to read verses 12 through 16 tonight for our text, and then uh, we'll make some practical applications this evening. Uh, starting with verse number 12 of Acts chapter number 5, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that the least the shadow of Pat, Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. In this chapter, chapter number 5, the beginning of the chapter is a well-known story. It's the death of Ananias and Sapphira, how God took their lives because they lied to the Holy Ghost. They made a mockery of what God was doing. The end, as we were, if we were to continue reading, you're going to find another persecution uh, of the apostles of the early church. And then it's going to lead to the end of the chapter where those, uh, that, that wise teacher... Uh, basically, after they had been beat and then told not to do it, uh, they, they complained against the apostles, you filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, don't do it again. And as soon as they let them out, they started preaching again. And, and then they, it was, they were admonished to say, look, if it's of God, there's nothing you can do about it anyway. If it's not of God, it's going to go away. But it is of God, there's nothing you can do about it anyway. There's a lot of early church history in this chapter. There's a lot of doctrine in this chapter. There's a lot of application and pattern for God's church. Uh, tucked in between all of that is our text for tonight. And in the midst of all of the other things, the lives that were taken, the persecution, the, 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 the miracles that were done, is, is really a synopsis in these verses of a church that had the power of God. The reason why all of those things took place before and after is because of the power of God. We see by the hands of the apostles. 
Now, this was not the apostles' power. This was the Spirit of God working through the apostles. And by the way, he worked through the apostles. He still works through people today. Uh, the Peter passing by, he might overshadow them. It was not about Peter. The Spirit of God was so evident and powerful that it could not be hidden. As God's church, we should be reminded that's what we want. More than new methods, more than what this world says you have to have, we should desire the power of God. Messages like the one I'm going to preach to you is good for you to hear. It's good for me to preach. Because as the pastor of this church, it's good for me to be reminded of what God gives us the opportunity to do, the power of His church. And it's good for us to be focused on the things that God uh, would have us to do. So tonight, I'm going to uh, bring a message I've entitled, The Power of a Spirit-Led Church. And before I get into, I pray and get into the message, uh, power is more important than personality. Power is more important than talent. Power is the most important thing. It's what we have to have. If we're going to make an impact, we have to have the power of God. You can't, you can't separate faith from the power of God. You can't separate obedience from the power of God. You can't separate holiness from the power of God. The power of a spirit-led church. Father, help us tonight as we consider these truths, these practical applications uh, that we see in your word this evening. Uh, may uh, your word help us. May it challenge us. May it remind us of some things that we already know. But Father, as we live the life that you've given us to live, as we uh, work as a church to reach people, uh, sometimes we get weary, sometimes we get distracted. May tonight be one of those messages that just keeps us grounded to the goal, keeps us grounded for the reality that's a work that you do. And Father, I pray that you would just help your people tonight, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, we live in a world today that is needy. The world's always been needy. It's needy of spirit-led churches. Through the years, I've tried my best to uh, teach what God has set as a pattern for the church. Uh, I've also tried to teach what it, the imposter to what God has set as the pattern to the church. And we as his church need to be reminded that uh, the purpose obviously is to please the Lord. We've been reminded this year many times that the purpose of the church is to fulfill the Great Commission and the role we all have in that. But in order to do what God wants us to do, and should I say in order for us to be what God wants for us to be, we must have the Spirit of God. He must have His way. I believe we would all 100% be in agreement with this uh, statement that I'm going to make. It's not about us, it's about Him. More than whether we should feel comfortable in church tonight, we want the Holy Spirit of God to feel comfortable in church tonight. Because if he's not comfortable when we assemble, are we really having church? Are we really accomplishing anything? We must have the Spirit of God. There's much that I could teach and talk about to what will empower us to have the Spirit of God. We don't have the time to go through everything that that would entail. But I remind you that at the beginning of the book of Acts, that Christ ascends into heaven. He 
commissions to his church to reach Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost. As a pastor and as a people, as God's church, we have a desire to reach people with the gospel. I hope you're on board tonight as a member of this church to reach our neighbors and reach our co-workers and reach those around us. I hope you're on board tonight as a burden to reach our nation and reach around the world and to reach souls with the gospel. I believe that you are. Uh, but that is what he has commissioned us to do. But it takes more than just a desire to do it. It takes more than just effort to do it. Jesus said, and sometimes this gets lost, we've got to reach Jerusalem, we've got to reach Judea. He said, after you get the power of the Holy Spirit. For that is the only way the world can be reached. I'm afraid there's a lot of Christians and a lot of, of, of churches that they're trying to do what God has commissioned, but they're trying to do it in their own power. It's not going to work. And so the church gets of one accord. They get on the same page asking for the power of God. And because they are of one mind asking for the power, they have it. In Acts chapter number 2, we know that it details Pentecost and that great miracle and the, the thousands of souls that were saved and added to the church. And then the church begins to grow. And because of the growth, uh, then it was, was persecuted. And, and we come to our text as the church is getting established and as people are getting saved, now they're making sacrifices so that the church can go forth so that more people can be reached. Then the city of Jerusalem is getting used to this group of people, these followers of Christ, and they're really turning not just the religious world upside down, but they're turning the city upside down, because when thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people get saved in a city, it affects the city. It affects those around them. We find our text tonight, some wonderful things that take place and some very important truths. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break them all down in just a four statements tonight when it comes to the power of a spirit-led church. Uh, I'll say, number one, uh, they were in one accord. This, what I'm saying to you by saying they're in one accord is nothing new that I have not already said to you. It's important that we are of one accord. I don't say this like it's the first time. We've already we've seen it in the beginning of the book of Acts. That's how they got the power of God. But let me say, this is record in Acts chapter number 5. It's how they kept the power of God. They got it at the end of Acts chapter number 1 when they went to the upper room and they were in one accord. Acts chapter number 2, the Bible says they're of one accord. That's when the Spirit of God moved as He had not moved before. Now, in Acts chapter number 5, we read, And by the hands uh, of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Now, this is important for us to understand. Now, in, in what, where they were meeting, Solomon's porch was, was an extension of the temple. And how the, the, those in the temple let them meet outside of the temple, I don't, I don't know why that happened, but God allowed it to happen. So they're meeting there, and they were in one accord. You say, well, Pastor, we know this because the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, they're of one accord. In Acts chapter 2, they're of one accord. So we should be not be surprised that in Acts chapter 5, they're of one accord. Don't miss this. A lot has changed between Acts chapter number 1 and Acts chapter number 2. They were of one accord. That's how they got the Spirit of God. But something took place 
at the beginning of this chapter. Peter, the voice piece of God, rebuked Ananias and Sapphira. God took the life of Ananias and Sapphira. And yet, in the next verse, the church was of one accord. When a line in the sand, if you will, was drawn, if God said, don't cross this line and somebody crosses it, and God, as he sees fit, we don't, and so when I remember as a kid reading about that, I mean, like, that seems kind of harsh. But friend, God's business is God's business. And God knows hearts that we don't know. And now as I have a little more context and understanding of this scripture, I understand. Because God has issued some things when it comes to his spirit. But God has intervened and God has removed from out, from among them and In the next verse, we find them on Solomon's porch, that outdoor service. Everything's all right in my father's house. You're welcome for that. (laughs) You don't get that often. So, Literally, they are of one accord. There was no murmuring about what God did. Friend, you and I must be careful, even as the pastor of this church, I have to be careful. Because God, when God does some things, he doesn't, he doesn't get me to sign off on it. Now, there are times that I, I feel like as the pastor, I have to, I have to I'm going to preach what he wants me to preach. There might be a stand I have to take. But God doesn't sign, has me to sign off on what God's going to do. God's going to do whatever God's going to do. He's going to bring in. He's going to take out. And if there's something that God wants to deal with in His church, He's going to deal with it. And yet there was no murmuring about what God did. Friend, if you'll permit me to confess something to you, I don't always understand why God does what He does. I can even say this and be honest. I don't always agree with what God does. But may I also say, God is always right with what he does. I don't understand because I'm not God. We're all commanded, I want the spirit of God on this place. If God sees fit and I don't agree with it as the pastor of this church, you know what I do? I just... Push back, pull my hands off and say, oh, God's your church. What's my role in this? What am I supposed to do? This is an amazing thing. And this is something to remind us of. You can, we can get the spirit of God because we're of one accord. We keep the spirit of God because we're of one accord. And when God does something, then you and I must be on the same page. You know, as the church was having miracles... This 3,000 people were saved. Man, everybody was on that page, weren't they? But it's not always mountaintop experiences. You know, as you stay, and some of you are, are newer to our church over the last couple of years, the longer you stay serving the Lord, 
you know, through the years and through the time, you're going to see that not everybody does what they should do. Not everybody does right. But my responsibility is I, I want this power of God. I want what God wants for this church. I want us to be used. And they were in all in one accord. If, if, if God does business, then this is to me, this is a miracle. This is this, I can't overemphasize this tonight. What they just saw. They lied to the Holy Spirit. God killed them. The young men drug them out. And they just kept having church. Well, you think you've seen the services disrupted. But at the same time, the power of God was real to those people. Because they had just seen God reach in, and if you make a mockery. And by the way, this I didn't intend for the message to go this way tonight, but let me just enter a, a warning there. God means what he says. And there are lives that are still shortened because man crosses the line. We have to be very, very careful. And when God sees fit to do something, uh, we, we need to stay of one accord. And I, I think that's an, it's an amazing thing. Uh, the devil is going to fight the church, isn't he? He's going to fight the fact that people are getting saved. But they're of one accord, uh, and only, what, only the Holy Spirit could do that. Only the Holy Spirit can keep a church with all these different personalities, all these different opinions. I mean, everybody in here has got opinions, don't they? Absolutely. Only God can keep, take all of that, put it together, and keep everybody the same mind, the same spirit of reaching people with the gospel. I say this often, I'll say, and I'll move quickly through those. I don't expect you to think like I think about everything. If you were smart, you would, but I don't expect you to. I don't expect you to agree with everything. But what we've got to stay focused on is we've got to stay focused on the gospel. We've got to stay focused on being on one accord. And we see that with even after what had taken place of one accord. Number two, the power of a spirit-led church, miracles take place. In verse number 12, and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were with one accord in Solomon's porch. Now, I don't know if everybody who was in that service where Ananias and Sapphira died were in this service. Uh, I don't know. Some may not have, some may have said, well, you know, I'm not coming back because there's some things that I know I need to get. There might have been more people there who said, you know, I probably ought to be there where I'm supposed to be. I don't know. But I do know this, but those people understood the power of God was real. And they didn't just see God work in that realm. They saw miracles take place. There were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. Can I remind us tonight that when the power of God is, is there, is present, there's signs of it. And, and the signs are not people talking in unknown tongues. That's a seducing spirit. Uh, the signs are when God does works that can only be done by his hand. Answered prayers are a sign. People being saved are a sign. There, there are signs and wonders that he does. Miracles take place. Now, I would submit to you that if there was no stand taking at the beginning of this chapter, there are going to be no miracles. 
You cannot separate. This is something for a church to remember. We live in a day where you have to take a stand. God's people must take a stand. We must hold to a Bible position. We must not compromise. Mom and dad, don't compromise the slightest, the slightest uh, thing in your home. Don't compromise. We as a church, we can't compromise anything uh, that the, where the, where the Bible uh, position the Bible states. Why? Because without a stand, I don't believe there's miracles. Uh, an interesting thought in verse 13, and of the rest, there's no man join himself to them. In other words, they gave the apostles space. Uh, they, but the people magnified them. Well, I guess when you see people die, because, you know, you think the pastor got after you. Well, you didn't, I didn't start saying that. Pastor, you got after me tonight. Well, you didn't die. <laughs> we stepped on my toes tonight. You didn't die. You know, there was, you know, they, the people were like, okay, we're, 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 we're not, we're, that, we're not, we're going to give them some space. Well, because the power of God is a real thing and miracles take place and there, there has to be a stand if there's going to be miracles. Number three, verse 14, and believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, the church grew mightily. This is another sign of a, the power of a spirit-led church. This is a mistake, and I know we have men that are training for ministry. This is a mistake you, you see made today. We take the multitudes and we make them the goal. That's not the goal. It's what we've been commissioned to do. It's what we want to do. But in order to reach the multitudes, the goal has got to be the power of God. Because without the power of God, you cannot reach the multitudes. We've set goals. We're going to continue to set goals to reach a number of people, to grow our church, to do certain things. Those are things that we are striving to do. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As a matter of fact, it motivates us. But ultimately, that is not the end goal. The end goal is to have the power of God. Otherwise, we're not able to reach multitudes. But if you want your loved ones to be saved, if you have lost loved ones, your goal ought to be the power of God in your prayer life, in your testimony. Because no matter what your relationship is, your relationship God can use in the life of somebody, but the fact that you're related is not enough. It must be the Spirit of God that convicts, the Spirit of God that works. And quite frankly, that is what we need a, remi- a revival of, is, is the power of God. And the, a byproduct of God's power is the church grew mightily. That's a byproduct. You can't build a church on personality. You can't build a church on motives. Personality helps. Uh, Methods, certainly, we want to keep Bible methods, but Bible methods without the power of God are are just methods. We must have His power. So every Christian, every member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, you ought to have a goal to be Spirit-filled, Spirit-led, to live your life by the Spirit of God. That is what makes the greatest witness because people in this world can see it. It's different. I'm going to illustrate this with the last point tonight. But this world has, is, is tired of people who call themselves Christians 
who live just like the lost people live, who have no evidence of God's working in their own life, what this world will not get over is the fact that there is an obvious evidence of the power of God. If our churches today have the power of God, then why is our country in the shape that it's in? We, we've got churches everywhere. We've got a, there's been in the last 20 years a revival of, of church planting. Well, if, there's, if the power of God is, is evident in all these places, why? I'm not saying the power of God is dead. But we as God's church many times seek to make other things to gold and it ought to be the power of God. Then I get to number four. These are very... Telling verses, read verse 15 and 16 with me. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one. Number four, the needy recognized the power. They recognize the power. Those who need the gospel, they're not looking for a dead church. They're not looking for it. They're not looking, and, and I said this not too long ago, I and mean, I'm, 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 I'm in the recruiting mode. There's, there's couples, there's people sitting on dead churches everywhere. I have no problem saying, leave that dead church. Come to where God's doing something. Be a part of what God's doing. Some, doing. Uh, life's too short. This is a new slogan. Life's too short to be part of a dead church. Um, the needy recognize the power. Notice this, the shadow of Peter. Peter is an interesting Bible character, isn't he? He had a temper. He had a mouth. His language wasn't always what it should be. I always say this. If he lived in this day, he'd be canceled by the brethren. He's not worthy. But yet he walked on water. He denied Christ. But the Lord came back to him and let him know, I'm still going to use you, Peter. And by the way, that's a good message in itself. He chose Peter to preach on Pentecost. 3,000 are saved. Now he puts Peter in a position to say, Ananias... You've lied to the Spirit of God. Boom, he's dead. Sapphira, you've lied to the Spirit of God. The same people that buried your husband is going to bury you now. Peter's an interesting Bible character. The power of God was so real and so evident in that church that people brought their sick into the streets. And it was not necessarily Peter they wanted. But it was obvious that there was something different about Peter than the rabbi. There was something different about Peter than the Pharisee and the Sadducee. There were things happening through the ministry of Peter that was not happening at other places, and the power of God was real to the point where the people recognized the power, and we just want to get in on what God's doing. And if, if the power of God is that evident, then our sick can be healed. The lame can walk, and God can do that miracle. 
it's been a testimony of our church for years, and I hope it never changes. There have been, I'll use the term churches loosely, because I don't think they're the scriptural definition of a church, who have sent other people to us because they were looking to get saved. What a sad indictment on that so-called church that when somebody comes say, I need to get my salvation. So this has happened more than once. They, they couldn't give them the gospel. They say, oh, you're looking for a manual. Go over there. Well, I'm glad for those people to come here. What, is, what an indictment on those kind of a churches, but what a testimony. That if you want the gospel, go to Emmanuel Baptist Church. If you want to get help, go to Emmanuel Baptist Church. That Our goal and our desire should only be for that to be magnified. It was not Peter being magnified. It was the fact that he was empowered so mightily with the Holy Spirit. Don't miss this. Let me make a very direct application to all of us. That could be and that should be you when it comes to your family. There ought to be something different about uncle so-and-so. There ought to be something different about cousin so-and-so. There ought to be something so different about brother, sister, mother, father, son, daughter. So evident that it's not a dead religion, but there's the Spirit of God. There ought to be something different, church member, when you go to work. You're probably not the only person who attended church today. But there ought to be something different about you because the Spirit of God is who leads you in your life, who guides you in your life. We're part of something that God is doing, the Spirit of God is doing. And by the way, there ought to be a work that somebody is doing, that God is doing in your life that is so evident, that is such a testimony when you go out and you interact with people that some people say, I've got to try their church. I've got to come on that special day because there's something different. There's a change. The needy recognize the power. Our society, our communities, they don't need us to be a hip church or the cool church. What is needed is a spirit-led church is the power of God. I remind us, we must have the power of God. Mom and Dad, if you're going to rear your children, you need the power of God. If we're going husband and wife, you need the power of God in your life for your marriage's sake. We as a church, we need the power of God. We, we can't just sit, throw out and say, hey, this is what we want to do. We want to double and let's strategize and how we're going to do this and all this. No, God's going to have to do that. And he's not going to do it just because we wish for him to do it. But because we've made ourselves available for him to do it. The needy recognize the power. What a testimony this church was. Well, as I think about these thoughts, and I don't know if you ever think this way, but when you think about heaven, you think about the people you're going to meet there. The conversations, I think about this, and maybe I'm crazy, 
Well, there's no maybe about that, but maybe I'm crazy in this respect. There's conversations I want to have. There's people I want to meet. There's great men of God through the centuries that I want to have a conversation with. I want to ask them some questions. I want to hear the stories. There's Bible characters that I want to, I want to have a conversation with. I mean, Peter would be an interesting one to talk to. And by the way, Peter, that rough fisherman who failed more than one time, had the power of God on him, and when the sick were looking for somebody to help them, it didn't matter to them what he had done in the past. All that was evident was the power of God in his life. But there's a group of people, the more that I read the Scripture and the more that I read the book of Acts, and I read Paul's epistles and his letters. I really want to meet, I'm looking forward to meeting these unnamed Christians in that early church. Because they're just like us. They were saved. They served the Lord. They sought to Fulfill the Great Commission. I'd like to meet some of them and say, so tell me about that church service. You mean Pentecost? No, where Ananias and Sapphira died. That had to, oh man, I almost said that had to kill the mood, but that's, (laughs) that was, I didn't plan that out, but that's pretty good, you know, it's like, um, man, God's, Evidence of God's power. But you know what? Those will be some great conversations, but truth of the matter is, you and I can have some pretty interesting conversations as well of what we've seen God do through the years. The miracles we've seen. The move of God that we've seen. The souls that have been saved. For I truly, I truly want to make a difference in the city where God has placed me. I want to make a difference in our nation. I want to make a difference in our world. I do believe one thing God's people need is God's people need bigger dreamers. Because we have a big God. But I do believe as well that God's people needs His power. A dream without the power of God is just a wish. We need the power of God. Oh, you want want your children to turn out, you need God's power to have the wisdom. Nobody has the wisdom to encounter, to deal with everything that they're going to face when rearing their children. To sustain a marriage, to finish faithful, we have to have God's power. Some practical applications, some evidence the difference we can make by Spirit-led church. Father, I pray that you use your word tonight. May these practical truths, these applications speak to our hearts. Father, 